0: Time for a little capitalism. And to kick things off, Nate, I've got a question for you. I'm currently on the board for Megacorp, and we're looking to hire a new CEO. The last one hit the slopes a little too hard, if you know what I mean. We had to let him go after he came in, dusted off his ass, and dropped trow on the annual shareholders Zoom meeting. You know how that goes. Anywho, we think you'd be a great fit. We're prepared to offer you a salary of $23 million. Maybe throw throwing some stock options at Vest after three months access to our entire fleet of company cars. I mean, we have every year of Porsche 911 ever made. should probably just work your way through the whole list. And then we're gonna offer you some company jet time, fly wherever you want. That seem reasonable?
1: Uh, I don't think I can do that. What happens when one of the staffers I bang in exchange for a promotion, that's what I call going full mast, gets all uppity and wants you to fire me for sexual harassment?
0: Well, first, you shouldn't be banging your subordinates. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? I'm required by law to say that. Second, what if we sweeten the deal a bit? Let's say, I don't know, if we let you go, we'll give you an extra million dollars for your troubles.
1: Eh, these lawsuits don't pay themselves. I'm going to need you to do a little better than that.
0: All right. What if we bonus you on performance, too?
1: Performance how? Like, if I don't completely tank the company in six months, you'll give me... Uh, $20 million? Exactly. But let's make it nine months. Okay, well then let's make it $30 million. All right, settled. Oh, and I'm going to need you to bump that severance up to $100 million.
0: <laughs> You're going to fit in great here. Welcome aboard.
1: Can I share my idea with you? I know we already talked about it, but for the sake of the listeners, um, my idea for this was going to be... um. Essentially, the interviews going on for a person who runs a nuclear power plant and is responsible for the like safety there. And then you'd be reviewing the resume going, well, it looks like you uh, worked at Enrico Fermi uh, till about mid-October 1966, left there, went to Three Mile Island, uh, worked there till the end of March 1978. Uh, oh, you went overseas to Chernobyl, uh, worked there until the end of April 1986. And it looks like your most recent job was in uh, Fukushima, Japan, March 2011, huh? And then basically just say, you know, like you're, you know, you're hired type of well, thing.
0: It's not so far off from the real world. This whole thing was to set up for the topic, which is golden parachutes. We'll just, kick this off by starting with the definition there. Uh, This is according to our favorite website, Investopedia, where we learn all of our business news.
1: God, they fluff balls so much on that website. Like, really just sucking business dick over there.
0: Well, I mean, it is called Investopedia.
1: Yeah, I suppose.
0: Investopedia's definition of a golden parachute is that it consists of substantial benefits given to top executives if the company is taken over by another firm and the executives are terminated as a result of the merger or takeover. Golden parachutes are contracts with key executives and can be used as a type of anti-takeover measure, often collectively referred to as poison pills, taken by a firm to discourage an unwanted takeover attempt. Benefits may include stock options, cash bonuses, and generous severance pay.
1: So this is basically the equivalent of like a dead man's switch.
0: The original definition and... There was some timeline to this. It started in the 70s.
1: Oh, what? The 70s? It's it's almost as if there's like a certain generational thing that seems to align with all this bullshit.
0: So it started in the 70s. They were having problems hiring executives because hostile takeovers were becoming more of a thing and there was a lot of mergers going on between companies. It said that originally mergers and acquisitions were just more of a problem for smaller firms being gobbled up by bigger firms. So you would have a a lower level ceo that was essentially losing his job when some giant company came in and took over but in the 70s that started becoming a problem for bigger firms so you had these high value ceos of giant companies who were now concerned that they would lose their job should i don't know an ibm come in and try and take over so they started this golden parachute thing where it said okay well we want to hire you we hear your concerns, so we're gonna just throw in this little bit of sweetener on this deal to
1: like a safety
0: net yeah exactly like a parachute if you were to (laughs) jump out so they would throw on these deals and then it became kind of this race to the top i guess of (laughs) well this company was going to pay me x dollars so you need to do better than that otherwise i'm not going to come here there's a chart that we'll link to in the description but it shows the number of contracts that included golden parachutes Starting in the 80s, it's just looks like exponential growth, essentially. It just takes off like crazy.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty steep hill.
0: Yeah, I guess that's not exponential, but yeah, it's a pretty steep incline on that chart. All starts in the 70s, and it really took off in the 80s. Just like we said before, we have this production versus wage graph. That same timeline where we also see the increase in CEO pay go from... Something like 10x the average employee to 300x. Weird how that all kind of lines up with that same generation taking over the reins.
1: What really stuck out to me, speaking of this generational thing, is that boomers bitch so much about like participation awards, but these are kind of like, at least the way they're used now, these are participation trophies in terms of, oh, hey, you fucked everything up, but hey, Thanks for sticking in there.
0: (laughs) Well, I kind of get the original idea of, hey, you're not going to come work for some company if in three months you're going to be out of a job. So that part makes sense. But you also have the other side of it of you have the CEO. These guys are taking home millions of dollars in salary. That kind of lessens the amount of compassion you feel for them losing their job when you know that you have the CEO who's already at this multi-million dollar a year mark that means that there's obviously people that think that he's worth that since they're paying it and it's probably not going to be the end of his life to go find another job i understand that ceo positions that pay tens of millions of dollars a year probably don't come by every day but i would think that that guy can also afford to just kind of live off savings for a bit (laughs) and not be too, too concerned
1: and i don't know about you but i think um I was always at least told that, you know, usually pay typically coincides with like the level of risk you take. And, you know, like people who go and work on these like oil rigs that like have to dive down and like weld stuff next to like a giant drill drilling for oil type of thing. Those people make a pretty decent amount of money. But this is like zero risk, 100% reward because it's like, what if I fuck it up? It's like, no, you still get all this money. And it's like, what if I kill people? What if like I'm complicit in the death of hundreds of people? You're like, yeah, no, still yours. If you just
0: happen to kick off an opioid epidemic, let's say. Mm. Not <laughs> only will you get your severance if you decide to leave, you'll have been bonus the whole time because of all the money that you're making. That was the Investopedia definition. So that's our most boilerplate original idea of what a golden parachute was. There was another article from the Harvard Business Review that said while that was the original definition, it's kind of changed over time. What a golden parachute means today is what it originally meant, where it was to keep people around in the event that there was concerns over acquisitions or mergers, and they were afraid they were going to lose their job. But today, it's also broadened to include basically giant severance packages that are written into CEO contracts. There's a whole number of reasons they can lose their job now. Some legal, some not. (laughs) But they'll still end up with these severance packages because it was part of their contract. Golden Parachute isn't just this fear of your company being taken over anymore. It's basically just You losing your job for whatever reason. And in some of these cases, it's not even being fired. It's just deciding to leave. And you'll still get this bonus package,
1: which is pretty cool.
0: I think I would like one of those.
1: I'd be into that. Can you imagine at our level of employment, asking for even just like a commensurate level of payout? Can you imagine doing that in an interview? I can imagine it. I can't imagine actually getting it. <laughs> we did just play that one out. But um, <laughs> the look the HR person would give you would just be like, are you fucking stupid?
0: Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> you would be laughed out of the room for asking. And not only that, but for some of these people, the severance package or the golden parachute is orders of magnitude above their salary. I mean, just imagine you're coming in, you're asking for, let's say, 70K. As your salary, and then you say, "Well, but if something happens and you let me go, I want you to pay me out five hundred thousand dollars
1: right. It would be zero what do they call that it's like you could get kicked out due to negligence, really just leaving at all is the catalyst for it, so even if you do the worst job and literally bankrupt the company, like they still owe it to you, and it's just like, how do I get in on that without selling my soul to the devil
0: and how does a board of directors sign off on something like that i have to imagine there's people out there that are willing to take the risk in exchange for the 23 million dollar salary right (laughs) i just can't imagine that there is a shortage of people capable of running this company for that amount of money that would do it without having the golden parachute i'm willing if someone's out there that wants to hire someone for 23 million dollars and not sign a golden parachute contract I'm willing to take that chance
1: yep I'll do it too we run an incredibly successful business over here in minimally useful industries we've changed several industries for the better and we've been known to lose money like the best of them so yeah I can lose you five billion dollars a year that's a piece no. of cake yeah easy
0: and buy a whole lot of public goodwill this
1: at the same time part of it too it's like oh, okay well They wouldn't dare do anything negative for the company because they get these performance bonuses, where that's not exactly the case. Like, I, and historically, that's it's been happening since the 80s, where it's just like one person will a thousand percent sell out the company saying, Oh, we got to lay off half of the personnel, we got to do this. And it's like, Oh, but I'm not going to take like commercial flights, I still have to use the private jet.
0: The Harvard Business Review article talked about that to some extent. The guy said, well, you have supporters and you have opponents to this idea. The supporters say, well, this is to make sure that we get the best talent possible for this top position at the company. And the opponents say, well, now you have this guy who really doesn't care what happens to the company because he's getting paid out. So you've kind of created this position where the guy, the company goes under, he's still getting paid. If the company gets sold as some part of some terrible deal, he still gets paid. It doesn't matter. So (laughs) I would be concerned from the shareholder board side that this guy's going to get $200 million payout, whether he sells the company for $1 billion or $10 billion.
1: He could sell the company for $30. And still, the company would be contractually obligated to pay it out.
0: Exactly. So, something else that it said in this article from the Harvard Business Review was from the beginning, there was a significant variation in the form that such severance agreements could take. Some were fairly restrictive agreements that covered only the CEO or perhaps a few additional executives, while others could apply to as many as 500 employees. And that made me stop and sit there and just think about how messed up that is. Imagine that you have this company, you bring in this guy as CEO, knowing that you're likely to be absorbed by somebody else in the somewhat near future. The only person you cover in that agreement is the CEO. Here you are, you could have hundreds of employees that are going to be facing layoffs when they're acquired by some other company. And the CEO is getting multi-million dollar bonuses while everyone else is out of a job. How pissed off would you be being that Employee that just got laid off, and then you see that the CEO got $10 million or whatever.
1: I'd be a little steamed. I got in trouble at work not too long ago for just even not drinking the Kool Aid. (laughs) I was on a call and they were talking about like bonuses and on the call, and I said, You know, where do I go to sign up for the CEO bonus? Because if I just even got the like the commensurate percentage of bonus. Each year, I would get $2 million just in a bonus. (laughs) And somebody on the call snitched on me and I had to have a conversation with my manager and my manager's manager. And they're just like, he makes this money because he's good at what he does. And it's just like, he'd still make it even if he wasn't good at what he does. Like it's Because he could just leave and basically make that amount of money that he'd make over the course of like five years once he left.
0: Yeah. And being at a position in a gigantic company, it makes you somewhat marketable, especially if you didn't tank the company, I would imagine. It's yeah. kind of amazing how people that do tank the company still manage to <laughs> positions afterwards. But I'm sure there's always some story of like, well, if we would have just done this, it would have been different. Or if I could have just gotten this support from the, the board, it would have been different. I'm sure there's some way of spending it to be somebody else's fault. That makes them somewhat marketable still. Yeah, we have a whole list of examples. I highlighted a few. We'll start kind of mid to low end here. And some of these were just funny because of how they left the company. So Jeff Smisek, I'm sure I mispronounced that. He was an executive at United Airlines. And they were being subjected to a federal corruption investigation. The government decided that they were, <laughs> it was something to do with flights, that they created a new flight that wasn't even profitable, but it was helping out some other company and there was some kind of corruption charges there. He left because they were found guilty. He was given $37 million for his troubles.
1: I would take a $37 million bullet for a company that is being investigated by the Senate or whoever, like Facebook, hit me up. I'll just be like, you know what, guys, it's my fault. I didn't work at Facebook. I had nothing to do with Facebook. I don't even really use Facebook, but it's all my bad.
0: I will also go in front of Congress and talk to them, and I'm sure I can confuse quite a few of them by just using words they don't understand.
1: Technology terms.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: See, I connected the router to the continuum transfunctioner, and that's why everybody's data got stolen.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down there, Steve Jobs. (laughs) That was one example, and that's one industry, airlines. And then this one made me laugh just because of what it was and why he was fired. So we have Tom Freston. (laughs) His company was something called Sumner Redstone, and I have no idea who they are. And I didn't even bother to look them up. But he was fired because he failed to acquire MySpace. His golden parachute was worth $100 million. But the funny thing to me is, in hindsight, that probably saved that company so much money by not acquiring MySpace.
1: Hmm. Sumner Redstone is actually a person. He was like a billionaire. Oh. Yeah, Sumner Murray Redstone was an American billionaire businessman and media magnate. He was a majority owner and chairman of the National Amusements Theater Chain.
0: There you go. And it was upset at Tom Freston for not buying MySpace. We have Tom Ryan, who was the CEO of CVS. When they merged with Caremark, the FTC, or the Federal Trade Commission, got all kinds of huffy about some anti-competitive practices that they may have done. (sighs) They were ultimately found guilty. And he got a $58 million pension, plus a bunch of other compensation totaling about $185 million. So here's a guy that got the company in trouble and he got $185 million. Hank McKinnell, CEO of Pfizer for five years, only five years, managed to lose the company $140 billion in that time and was given a $188 million severance package. Now this is something I'm pretty sure I could accomplish.
1: A thousand percent. I could lose $140 billion.
0: I think it may actually be hard to lose $140 billion in five years. I mean, that's a lot of money that you just have to somehow make disappear.
1: You could probably lose less making decisions by coin flip. Just have some analyst distill whatever strategy down to just two like pathways you can take and then have one of your assistants flip a coin heads is we go into this market tails is we go into this market it's like oh it's tails we're going into pokemon cards laced with fentanyl
0: (laughs) and now the company is worth 200 trillion dollars that's the thing though is i mean this is pfizer so pharmaceuticals but they've been in the business of jacking up prices on everything super super high so as far as what they spend versus how much they're making 140 billion dollars is a lot <laughs> i mean how did he do it that now i'm going to have to
1: go research how this guy lost 140 billion dollars so pfizer net income 16.3 billion dollars
0: exactly so 140 billion dollars is super
1: impressive because you'd actually have to lose like 160 billion yeah to just even eat the net income
0: that's an accomplishment i think this guy deserves an award yeah
1: holy shit
0: in the form of 188 million (laughs) dollars oh what did you do this year oh well i worked at that job i managed to lose 10 times their net income
1: (laughs) think of a time in your work career where like you were the most stressed out that something you had done was going to cause problems Did you lose sleep over it? Were you like stressing out? Were you stress eating or anything like that? And then just imagine how well you'd sleep at night just going, even if people fucking die from this, I'm still going to get enough money to retire like 50 times over.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's truly incredible. So then we have Bob Nardelli. He was the CEO at Home Depot. And he disagreed with shareholders about what his compensation should be. So they fired him. He was forced out by Home Depot shareholders. He came away with $223 million.
1: I wonder if that was intentional. Like he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to retire. And he's like, you know what? This is my way out. And so they just, he's like, I want $80 billion a year. And they're like, no, that's insane. Get out of here! He's like exactly what I wanted.
0: <laughs> Imagine getting fired from your job and getting a quarter billion dollar paycheck. <laughs> Who else do we have here? Bill McGuire. He worked for United Health. He mishandled their stock options, got fired, and then got fined by the SEC. So, what he did was apparently illegal. Um, the Securities and Exchange Commission came after him for it. He ended up having to give up six hundred twenty million of his pay, and paid. Seven million to the SEC as a fine, and still walked away with two hundred eighty-six million afterwards.
1: Who did he give the six twenty-two?
0: That's what I'm kind of curious about. It's,
1: he gave it up. It was stuff he like wasn't supposed to earn or something yeah, like that. I would assume
0: that means that when he gave it up, it was back to United Health,
1: who just paid the next CEO two hundred million dollars to walk away a couple years later, probably.
0: Then we have. And this guy was the top of this older list, which is funny because now there's even larger numbers than this. But Jack Welch, he worked for GE for 20 years, and he lied about how much he was getting in company perks.
1: Lied to who?
0: Well, so that's the thing, is they were hit for misrepresenting to the public just exactly what the CEO's compensation was. So he Uh, was getting a whole bunch of extra stuff. This whole story with Jack Welch, ended up changing some of the rules that G.E. had about reporting. He got $417 million when he was let go.
1: It just bothers me so much. It's like, you're fired in disgrace.
0: I don't think he was necessarily fired in disgrace, though. I think this was kind of a, whoopsies, I guess it happened. <laughs>
1: he like does the Hulk walk away <laughs> type thing, like, oh, I guess all... So just move on
0: yeah it was more of an oh yeah you got me oh that that's good good work guys that was all from one list and those were their top 10 and this was an older list too so 417 million has been surpassed since that list came out
1: i'm just shaking in my seat i'm so excited to talk about
0: well i'm not going to go into that yet okay because There's two people that worked for Google that I really want to go over first. Oh, okay. (laughs) They were fired for very similar reasons and both walked away with giant paychecks. First, we have Andy Rubin, who is a fairly famous person because he was the head of Android at Google. So that phone operating system that's used by like 82% of smartphone users, that was this guy. He was in charge of it. He got fired because he had an affair with a subordinate. At Google. So there were allegations that, and it was worded really weird. And I'm not sure if it was consensual or not because of the way that it was worded. But I would assume that if he got fired, it wasn't. It said that he coerced a girl into giving him a blowjob.
1: He Bill Clinton did.
0: Yes. So he got fired and got a $90 million parachute. Now we have Amit Singhal, who was the senior vice president of search operations at Google. He got fired for getting drunk at an off-site event and groping somebody. So after he got fired and got his $45 million check, he went on to work at Uber.
1: As a driver or?
0: I would assume not, but that would be pretty funny to see on a resume. This guy got fired for sexual harassment probably faced some legal trouble, I would think with that.
1: I'd hope so, at least.
0: I'd imagine that if you got groped by a millionaire, lawyers are gonna kind of be drooling to get you (laughs) as a client.
1: And two, couldn't you effectively argue that if you were the one being groped, you're technically the catalyst for them earning that money? (laughs) That would be
0: funny. That would be an incredible argument to see in court. Because you'd
1: be like, without me, you wouldn't have that $45 million. So that's at least part of that is my money (laughs) would be my argument. No CEO is going to grope me though. You never know. Don't give up hope. I mean, I can dream, but. uh.
0: So then we have your favorite. Oh my God. Andy (laughs) Newman or Andy, Adam Newman. So angry. I can't even say his name right.
1: Adam Newman. If I had a tail, I'd be wagging it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was the founder of WeWork. WeWork has had all kinds of interesting news around their company and all kinds of shady stuff that they've done. There's all kinds of questions about how much money they actually make and how profitable they are and whether the business even works, I think. But this guy ran into a whole slew of problems and was pushed out.
1: Can we start with just, I'd like to get out of the way. The idea for WeWork, they play it off like it is just this giant like disruptor. It is the world's second oldest profession is being a landlord. <laughs> like, It's not a new idea. It's never been a new idea except for whenever the first person bought property and was like, I actually don't even need to live here, but I do have enough resources to maintain this ownership. So maybe I could convince someone else to live here and pay me money to do it.
0: You're missing the key ingredient, though. In the traditional sense, it would be I own this office building and this office inside of that building, I will rent to your company for X number of dollars a month. Where WeWork really came in and revolutionized the industry was when they said, "Okay, there's this desk inside of that office inside that building. What if you wanted to rent it? Jesus. (laughs) Because you can't afford the entire office, but I will rent you the space inside of that office. And you might be able to share some of the amenities of the office with a whole bunch of other companies at the same time. Right. So that's where WeWork came in with their whole co-working space, which is essentially just a way of saying, hey, businesses can't even afford to set up shop anywhere now.
1: (laughs) Right. I wanted to get that out of the way because I want to express... That we work is a dumb fucking idea. You talked about like Hank McKinnell, who is CEO of Pfizer. And it's like, at, Pfizer does something. It makes drugs, and those drugs are helpful to a lot of people. You could at least argue that by helming a company, like, yeah, you can do some really shitty things. But it, theoretically, Pfizer helped at least one person. The only people WeWork has helped is one person, and that's Adam Newman.
0: I'd be curious to know if anyone inside of that entire investment chain has really made money on it either.
1: SoftBank hasn't.
0: SoftBank is the one that pushed him out. And so they, I think, have lost a decent chunk of money on it. But the entire thing that is the most incredible about this, and I know that we haven't said how much he got, but building to that, is WeWork was founded on this idea of... Co work spaces. And what they did was, he essentially got a whole bunch of money to go out and buy office locations for WeWork. And my understanding is that a bunch of those locations are in his name and that he was essentially
1: renting them back to the company. So here's my understanding of it. So he basically got this like giant payout, this huge soft bank valuation. It was like one of the biggest. And what he did was he took out a personal loan with the company he said all right we work you give me you know a billion dollars and i'll pay it back with interest and then what he did is he went around and bought the buildings he bought their locations in his own name and so then he used the company paying rent to him to pay back the loan
0: And so now he owns a whole ton of property in his name that his company either has to kick people out of (laughs) or just pay whatever he wants to rent it.
1: Well, it's not his company anymore, right? No, it's not. He's officially gone? Oh, thank
0: you. Well, that's the thing, though, is he got paid out $1.7 billion to leave that company.
1: Oh, my fucking God.
0: $1 billion of it was to buy out his stock.
1: That's just SoftBank going, we will pay you $1 billion to fuck off.
0: But when you look back at it, though, he owned a bunch of this property. So he is still profiting off of WeWork, even though he's no part of the company anymore. So as far as like economic evil genius, this guy might be the peak.
1: I don't even think it's evil. I think it's just like sheisty negligence.
0: I don't know. I'm waiting for the documentary where it comes out and he's like, (laughs) I was playing you the whole time.
1: Well, I know that there was a bunch of stuff about his wife where like, I think it was like up until two years ago, is that if he were to die, his wife had like a say in who got replaced as WeWork CEO. That's interesting. Whose wife has that power? (laughs) You know, you rewind a couple years and... Jeff Bezos and his wife are still married like could she just be like you're the new king like is some schlub off the street
0: no because that's never how a company would ever work
1: god that would be so funny <laughs> it's just like their fucking pool boy becomes Amazon's
0: CEO he'd probably be much more relatable yeah but I should also tell you that I mean minimally useful if something should happen to me my wife gets to pick who's my replacement
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's that's a general understanding.
0: And nowhere in that contract does it specify it even has to be human.
1: Yeah, that's true. For me, I've already set my replacement, and it's just going to be like... Is it Dave? No, it's like a wheel of fortune, except it, it just has like three slots in it. So like anytime you're like, let's go consult Nate, you just spin the wheel, and it's basically like a magic eight ball.
0: That's weird, because every slot says space cocaine yeah <laughs> also has dave actually gotten an f- official title at our company
1: i guess we could make him ceo in case we come under any government scrutiny if we'd have to drag him into two pieces and just like twist him at the waist to reattach him. it's like everyone <laughs> please be seated and it's like oh sorry he doesn't have sitting legs he only has standing legs
0: i want to see <laughs> dave testify in front of
1: congress <laughs> <laughs> we could just be interpreters he's just like lean in. Okay, you're you're really not gonna like this, but he says, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> not us. We're just the messenger here. Don't shoot us.
0: Yeah. I want to see him testify in front of Congress and have the news sitting there going, I don't know. He was still more animated than Mark Zuckerberg. So <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Adam Newman, genius or not, I would love to know if anyone thinks that he is just a genius or one of the world's biggest assholes. The only people that he really screwed over would be like SoftBank.
1: Well, no, they've laid off 5,000 employees. Oh, and those people, he screwed them over. Although you can probably take
0: some solace in the fact that all that property hands is probably not nearly as valuable now (laughs) as it was two years ago.
1: Well, I mean, the entire concept of WeWork in the COVID era is like any company that didn't have the backing of like SoftBank. Is probably just absolutely decimated.
0: I'm just talking about the value of the office space. Yeah. Cause everyone going remote has had to really work over the prices of rent for those places.
1: Can you imagine being the like marketing team brought in to attempt to like rebrand WeWork in like the COVID era? Cause it's already like a weird idea to me. I get the idea. Well, like from what I understand, it's basically like you you want like a space away from home to work, which I, in these trying times, I get like, I get having your own like space, but still.
0: I think it's also to have a space to bring other people in when you're talking to them. So if you're wanting to meet with a customer, you can say, Oh, come to our office as opposed to, Hey, can you meet me in the Starbucks? <laughs> Cause I have no place else to talk to you.
1: Then you have a bunch of chomos walking around and like, cut off jean shorts and like tank tops with sandals getting beer and you know working on their and i'm using air quotes here
0: app i feel personally attacked
1: (laughs) the walking around in jean shorts and a tank top that was me for a long time until somebody told me they're like that's not professional (laughs) and i'm like there are six of us who work here yeah This is not a professional landscape. We're literally standing in a giant garage right now.
0: (laughs) That's just a list of people that have really made out on golden parachutes. You had some more interesting takes on this and how it ties into the housing crisis.
1: Because you went just the outright egregious route of pure volume of money. Mm -hmm. Mine was like, who actively did harm and got rewarded for it. So I couldn't think of like any better example than the housing bubble in 2007. So it's like Countrywide, who I believe they were absorbed by Bank of America. They had a $704 million net loss in 2007, had to lay off over 10,000 people, and Angelo R. Mozilla, he got almost $40 million in the payout. He was getting like consulting fees and he got private airplane use. It says here the estimated value of his retirement plan. So separate of his severance was basically $24 million. That's insane. Yeah, the statement here is basically despite fucking everything up with these subprime loans, it's like I think what happened is the government was like, all of you are complicit and you shouldn't take your benefits. So all the statements on these are like, for this one, Mozilla did not forego these benefits. Because it's like, can you imagine just being in a room and your assistant's like, well, the government told you that you really should consider not taking these benefits because you would hurt a lot of people as a result of being shitty. And then Mozilla going, what are they going to do if I do take them?" And it's like, uh, they might write you an angry letter. It's 2007, so they probably wouldn't even tweet at you. <laughs> they haven't learned to use that yet. Well,
0: you're not gonna turn down your money because you might have a hard time finding a job in the industry that you just destroyed. <laughs> well, it turns out there are not a lot of people looking for CEOs of financial corporations right now, considering that the industry is in
1: shambles. Yeah, and then Merrill Lynch, their chairman and ceo stanley o'neill which i love how you know all of these are like retired retired october 2007 so he lost 7.8 billion dollars in all of 2007 which you know it's not quite pfizer ceo money of 160 billion but still that's a pretty big chunk but he got 161 million in terms of securities and retirement benefits that he walked away with when he retired. And you know what? He did not forgo these benefits.
0: I think this is really, really putting into perspective how much the Pfizer
1: CEO (laughs) fucked up. Even people who decimated the entire market.
0: Was $8 billion. (laughs) And Pfizer didn't. 140 billion in, oh my god in five years <laughs> i mean i hope that that guy has like a trophy on his desk somewhere it's just like like biggest company loss in shortest time
1: yeah in the darts league that i played in if you got in last place you know they do one two three and then last place last place got a horse's ass trophy And my team was so bad that we actually won a trophy for winning the most horses' ass trophies in a row. Nice. Citigroup's former chairman, Charles Prince, who uh, wouldn't you know it, retired November 4th, 2007. I'm seeing a trend. Yeah. He lost over the course of 2007 17.4 billion, specifically 9.83 just in fourth quarter alone. His walkaway retirement package, so shares, options in city stock when he retired, $40 billion. What? No. No. Well, I mean, maybe that's what it is it's worth now or something like that, because he got a bunch of shares and options in city stock. That's insane. You literally burn the candle at both ends with the subprime shit, and then you are a billionaire. You sold everybody out, and you're a billionaire.
0: No, it says he received a $68 million exit package.
1: Oh, okay. It was in stock and options. Americanprogress.org is who provided this information.
0: That may be the value of his options now. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is what's funny. is It said that during his tenure, the market value of Citigroup dropped $64 billion. Hmm. So if he got paid out in options right at the end, turns out there would probably be... More-
1: Pretty cheap, considering he lost the company that much money in value. Speaking of City, I was reading about Citigroup's newest CEO, where they're like, "Oh well, we're only limiting their pay at nineteen million dollars." You know, that's how much like an average bank CEO makes in salary, mm-hmm. but it's the compensation package; it's the whole deal. You know, it's like the shares and all that stuff.
0: Wasn't that Bezos? Bezos had a $70,000 salary.
1: Right. He's got like $129
0: billion or something Yeah, he was the richest man in the world. So it's really stupid when they say stuff like that. Oh, no, we're only paying him this. Yeah, but your total package is worth way more than whatever the salary is when you're throwing in stock options and stuff like that.
1: I would like to note, as I was making the comment that It's interesting, well, not interesting, but it's kind of funny that you're like, as you're reading about these housing crisis CEOs, it's like, oh, they retired right after they got their hand slapped. And Danielle and I were watching the Challenger documentary the other day. It's a good documentary. I highly suggest it. I made the comment, I was like, even if I didn't know when Challenger happened, I'd still be able to theorize a pretty good idea because all of these like directors of you know, relations and directors of the technical programs that built the the boosters, <laughs> they all have pretty much the exact same retirement date. And its <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that must have been like right after Challenger happened that they all just decided to step down. Yeah, totally unrelated. Yeah. Did they get any golden parachutes? I don't know if there's any way to check that, but still it's like... I would
0: imagine that... The private companies that built the stuff,
1: those people probably did have some kind of package. Because it's like a chemical company. NASA directors probably did not.
0: No. They might have had some type of severance, but it probably would have been in the form of like, oh, here's two months pay. Not
1: Here's a couple million dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not here's $40 million. Yeah. But even then... <sighs> a hundred and forty billion that is going through it that just becomes more and more incredible i (laughs) i still can't get over that number that's higher than the gdp of some nations
1: i mean even statistically how do you back that many wrong bets he went all in
0: 140 billion on one bet
1: at the crafts table yeah it's like let it ride
0: Yeah. If this pays off though.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so much money in the especially in the face of failure. Like I could see where it's, you know, if you're like this super good CEO where it's like you took this company from being in a garage to this like multi-billion or trillion dollar conglomerate and on top of that you're like well regarded as a leader I don't think there's been any CEO where we've been like, oh, they weren't shitty of like giant companies. Because even if you look at like Steve Jobs and stuff, you're like, he didn't shower a lot and he was kind of a dickhead. And I think you need a certain mindset as a CEO, which is like an anti-humanist mindset where you just see people as like transactions. But at the same time, it's like, you could be less shitty. And then I could understand that where it's like, you're getting ready to retire. And basically as like a thank you for not like being a total dickhead shitlord, here's like one or two million extra dollars.
0: Yeah, in that sense, it would make sense of I mean, even in the shithead sense, it still makes sense of you came into this company, it was worth a hundred million dollars and now we're a ten billion dollar company. Thanks for that. Here's some extra money. Yeah. Those people that are making that decision aren't going to care about how the CEO treated all the
1: employees, <laughs> right. In the opposite sense that we keep laughing at, it's like you lost us a hundred and forty billion dollars. you piece of shit. Here's a couple million dollars to go fuck yourself.
0: It was more than a couple million. It was one
1: hundred and eighty eight Here's a hundred and eighty eight million dollars. Go fuck yourself.
0: The other recurring theme in all of these that, really blows my mind is it's not just hey we're kicking you out here's some stock here's some money go away and a lot of them it was hey we're kicking you out but you can still use all of these company privileges like the cars the jets the whatever and one of the ones that we didn't go over is lou gerstner who was the ibm ceo he left in 2002 he got 189 million dollar package but kept access to company cars home security financial planning and the planes the company planes for 20 years after he left now i just can't even fathom a company saying yeah sure that's cool you can keep using all this shit even though you don't work here anymore
1: oh no his access to the planes ends next year (laughs) what is he gonna do how's he gonna get around
0: he only got a $189 million package. Is he going to have to like rent time on private jets now?
1: Like a bitch? Yeah.
0: Could you imagine though, having your company say, yeah, thanks for working here. You can just keep using all this stuff. It's cool. We'll keep paying for you to do whatever you want, even though you don't work here anymore. I just can't ever imagine a scenario where that would be a thing. I guess the only time I could imagine that would be as if you were the founder of that company. As in, like, hey, we know you're retiring. You worked here for 30 years. You built it up from scratch. So we're going to let you stay around in some sense because you're probably
1: going to be on the board or whatever. That'd be like if Ben and Jerry retired. Exactly. And it's like, oh, you still get access to the Ben and Jerry stuff because you're Ben and Jerry.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But this guy didn't found IBM. I mean, he worked there for a while, I guess. But still, why would IBM pay for him to have access to all of this stuff after paying out 189 million dollars in compensation like it's just insane and i just want to know where i sign up
1: oh my gosh i would do this in a second even if they're like (laughs) we're in a really bad spot we need you to dig us out but even if you don't we'll still give you 10 million dollars fuck yeah sign me up because you know what the basement has been set really low at a hundred and forty billion dollar loss, which you could just be like, "All right, we're just going to sell keychains from now on."
0: <laughs> Overall, Golden Parachute sounds like a really nice thing, and it couldn't happen to nicer people. <laughs> the list of people on here is very diverse. It's apparently a super common practice now, and it's happening at major companies. It sounds like everywhere. Just looking at the chart, it ends in 1990, which is forever ago. But I can only imagine that it's gone up since then because the Harvard Business Review article talked about it just being the snowball effect of some companies started doing it and then to be competitive, other companies had to jump on. And so now you have these extravagant golden parachutes in the contracts because no one will work for them if they don't get it.
1: I bet people would though. I bet if shareholders just held the line a little bit, because I know I would.
0: The Capitalism Podcast was brought to you by the ramblings of two crazy people at Minimally Useful Industries. If you hate yourself and would like to learn more while maybe having a bit of a laugh, we invite you to check out our website at minimallyuseful.com. If you'd like to check out more from the careers of our incredible music, check out heftone.com or search for Heftone Banjo Orchestra. A link to their website is in our description. Until next time,
1: love Minimally Useful Industries.